0: You stand and let's praise the Lord this morning. Every
1: praise, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship, word of worship in one accord. Every praise.
2: Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Stratford Heights. You may be seated this morning for just a little while. Uh, we want to welcome you here to worship the Lord with us and we have just come from Sunday school. The early service was at eight thirty, and then the Sunday school hour and we've been watching the left behind film uh, in um, uh, Sister Audrey's class and ours and It's so touching to see the way the world thinks and how they're not looking for Jesus. But one sign of the end time is that there would be a falling away from church. And we know that Jesus, that the word of God tells us to forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some are but much more as you see the day approaching. So you are believers that Jesus is coming back because you are here to worship him today. You haven't given up that faith. Thank God for a place to go and worship him on Sunday morning. And we have services for the whole family. I love our children's program, our youth program. And did you know we're starting a brand new outreach called the Mix. Oh, it's going to be so wonderful because you know who it's dedicated to and who its purpose is for. It's for all of our children and our grandchildren. There's so many of them that aren't here today. How many of you have a a loved one that's not here today, A a child or grandchild? See, that's who we're dedicating this program to, and I'm so excited. And I'm talking to my grandson about him. I want him here. Because it's going to be especially a time of worship and praise. That doesn't mean we can't come. We'll be here too. But they're going to have their own service. And it's going to be especially for that age group. And I'm so excited about that. Because that's the age group that just graduates from high school and college and leave. And sometimes they don't ever come back. But we're going after them. We're going to reach them. We're going to get them ready for the coming of the Lord. Because Jesus is coming. I'm looking for him today, and I'm so thankful that you're here to worship him. We have uh, one special announcement I wanted to make. Brother Don Pitts's mother passed away this week, and there will be a visitation at the uh, Dalton Funeral Home. Uh, they'll be tomorrow from uh, 11 to 1, and then the funeral will be at 1 o'clock. So please pray for that family. Uh, I know God will touch them. She's been sick for some time and wanted to go home to be with the Lord. So it's an answer to prayer, but you still are lonely for your family. So please remember to pray for them, that God will bless their uh, time together. And also, uh, don't forget the Sunshine Circle tomorrow evening. I wanted to make that announcement here at the church for all you ladies. And uh, we want to say a special greeting this morning. I think um, Sandy's here, Sandy Carpenter, and I can't think of her last name. Where's Sandy? She's with friend, Sister Carpenter. There she is. Thank you for coming today. You're here to pay homage and uh, time with your mom and dad, and we know that you are a love, beloved daughter. And if you're here and this is maybe your first time or just you haven't been here much lately, you're especially welcome and we want you to remain seated. We're going to stand all over the building right now, all of our members and regular attenders and leave our visitors and guests seated so that you, uh, they can hand you a packet or uh, we can get names and addresses of your visit here and then that will help us to be able to share more with you. But we've had a good week all week long. There's been a lot going on at our church and uh, do you sense in your spirit that it's time for Jesus? Let me ask you that. Oh, I'm glad you do because we do this morning and we're here to worship the Lord. So we want you to get out in the aisles and shake hands and say Jesus is coming to somebody. Will you do that as you greet one another in our services today?
1: Catch me with your grace, Lord. Neither be captured by your grace. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow.
0: praising. It's not about singing. It's not about playing. It's not about any other thing than worshiping. You
1: You have done so much, Lord. I praise you. I praise you. Amazing grace
0: Listen to this. It grace that taught
1: my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious is that grace? <laughs> The hour offers Word, my hope secure. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endure. The sun forbear to shine, God who's called me, the love will be forever mine, you'll be forever You're forever mine. Like me I was so unworthy <laughs> But now I'm found I was blind but now I see Whoa. It was grace That taught my heart To fear grace my fears really how precious how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed do you believe this morning the hour I first believe. My chains, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like the flood, His mercy reigns. And Un-
0: At the cross, at
1: the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. Now I am happy all the day. Can you sing that? Oh, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw Oh, it was there by faith I received my sight, and
3: now I am happy
4: all the day. Can you give the Lord praise this morning? Well, I don't know how you feel, but I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel that he's here today in his house. What a beautiful crowd. My goodness, you ought to see what you look like from up here. I'm about ready to pull out my selfie phone and take a picture. You look beautiful today, but I want us to go before the Lord in prayer. Pastor Brian is coming in just a moment. He's going to be praying for Israel as we do each week and we stand for them. But before he comes, there's several folks that have been going through a, a very difficult and trying week and we normally don't run through a prayer list on Sunday but when it comes to those things that kind of emergency we, we want to we wanna bring it to you as a congregation. I want to pray for the Pitts family. Brother Don lost his mom this weekend. She is a lady of great faith and, and to hear him speak about her was just wonderful. I shared with him on the phone just yesterday and he was just going on and on about her and I, how many of you have ever lost a parent, and you know that hurt? So I want us, especially those who know, I do, for us to pray for, for them, for this family. I just look back, and he's here. I didn't think you'd be here today. Well, I'm so good, so good to say in God's house. We're praying for you, Brother Don. But we want to pray for the Pitts family, and we want to pray as well for Brother Dwayne Weaver. Dwayne has been in the hospital this week. And he is just suffering, going through a, a myriad of, of different symptoms and things that the doctors have been trying to figure out and um, just had a, a rough, rough time. A, kind of an emergency kind of situation for us to pray for him today. So I want us to do that and to believe that God will touch him. How many of you would say, you know, Pastor, while we're at it, I have an unspoken need that I want the church to help me pray about. Amen. How many of you know that God knows all the details? He knows all the details. I see Brother Orville is here. How's Sister Linda? Is she here? You doing all right? I've been praying for you every single day. Good to see you in God's house today. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we ask you to minister to the different needs that are represented. We ask you to bring comfort and strength to the Pitts family. Lord, we know that you understand the heart, the hurt that comes in our heart when we've lost I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll minister to their need, that you'll touch them, especially over the next couple of days, the difficulty of getting through the next few days. And I pray, God, your your grace and your comfort and strength to be with them as they learn to live, God, in faith, knowing that we'll all be reunited again. Let your grace be with them, we pray in Jesus' name. And, God, we pray for Brother Dwayne. We lift him up to you and there in the hospital. Today, we ask you to minister to him. To touch him by your Holy Spirit and let him sense and feel the power and the presence of God. Giving doctors and and nurses wisdom to be able to work with him and God to bring a resolution and a quick recovery to him physically. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, for every unspoken need, for every hand that is lifted up, for those that are in the hospital, for those that are going through difficult times. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would minister as we do what your word has told us and instructed us to do. You said cast all our care on you because you care for us. And so, Lord, we do that today. And we don't do it in the name of the church, in the name of a preacher, or any particular denomination. We do it, Lord, in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. We give you forever the honor and all of the glory. For it's in your name that we pray. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. 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 You may be seated.
5: We're going to do something right now that I call powerful. Some may not see it that way, but I believe that there's power in prayer. You know, there was people that were on their knees and prayed that the Lord would send somebody to rescue me when I was lost. he answered and he sent someone there was times in my life that i was facing serious challenges and didn't know where to go didn't know where to turn to and i prayed and the lord showed up and he delivered me when i needed healing i prayed and he healed me there's testimonies after testimonies in this church alone and probably in your lives that would support the fact that there's power in prayer We may not physically be able to be a lot of places as much as we'd like to be. We can't physically be there. The Bible teaches us that there's a spiritual warfare going on. And we can spiritually be there. And let's honor him this morning. Let's honor his presence in his place by spiritually being there this morning for the nation of Israel. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you because we know that there's power in prayer. And we know that you listen. Lord, and that you hear us, Lord, and that you come to our rescue and that you intercede. You dispatch angels to fight on our behalf. Lord, we turn our attention to your nation of Israel this morning. We ask that you would dispatch angels, legions of angels, Father, that would surround that nation. Lord, we intercede and lift them up to you and we pray for their leaders and for their people and their soldiers, the mothers, the fathers, the children. Lord, we ask that you would be there for them, that you'd be there with them, Lord. Lord, that you would continue to orchestrate everything that needs to be done, Lord, in preparations for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, until that day, we're never going to cease to believe in the power of prayer. We're never going to cease to intercede and lift up those, Lord, that would stand up for you, such as Israel in these difficult times, Father. We love you. We pray that you'd be with your people and that you would help them in these difficult days name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We have a, you'll bear with us, we have a special presentation.
4: goodness you know this is the favorite part of my job ladies and gentlemen i get the privilege today of introducing my cousin this is little ashton coster and this is his first sunday at his church would you make him welcome up, buddy, so notice you're wearing a hoodie, that's cool,
5: amen, we're going to do something else that is very special, and this morning, Pastor Cameron reassured me about how special it really is, in the early morning service, when we were getting ready to go to the Lord with our, our giving, he came up to lead the prayer, and he opened his heart, and he shared about how special this church is. And about how this church ministered to his life, and how the people in this church, and Pastor Ray, and the youth group, and and everyone that was part of his life back then poured into him. And he said he was so thankful for that because it's helped shape him into the person that he is today. And he's not talking about title or position. And anyone that knows any pastor on staff here knows that we're not about title and position. It's not about that, it's about doing all we can to stand in the gap and to pull people from death over to life through Jesus Christ. And this morning, Pastor Cameron was real, and that's another thing I love about this church is it's full of real people that don't have masks. They can just stand up here and be vulnerable and let let people know how they really feel and what God really did for them. And Pastor Cameron said that that passion to stand in the gap for other people was transferred to him at a young age. And that's what we need to do. We need to stand in a gap because it's not about being part of some social club or some type of a business or network. This isn't what this is about. We're our body, a vessel that God wants to use in these days to stand in the gap for people that are dying and need to come over to life through Jesus Christ. pastor Cameron said that that's something that he feels he wants to invest in. He believes in the work that God is doing here at this church. And I join with him and I testify that I believe in the work that God is doing in this church. And I say in the church because we are a body united together. He uses us all. You may not be able to stand in the front line, but you can invest in the work that God is doing here at this church. And so not only are we going to honor him in our obedience this morning by giving God what belongs to him, not only are we going to do it out of a joyful heart, but we are going to give and invest into the ministry that God is using here. Because there needs to be real people that are willing to be vulnerable, take their masks off, and stand in the gap for those that are dying and pull them over to life through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you once again for the opportunity just to be part of this body. Lord, we know that you started the work here years ago, and we're encroaching our 100th year anniversary. Lord, it's been prayer and dedication and the of the efforts of those that were willing to stand in the gap year after year after year. Lord, we're so thankful that that mantle has been continually passed down. And as Pastor Cameron talked about this morning, it passed to him. It's passed to me. It's passed to several people here, Lord. And we just want to be that church that will stand in the gap. Lord, we thank you for that. And we invest in this ministry and you and the work that you've called us to do here. Because we believe in what you've called us to do. Lord, we believe that you want to save the world. And we want to be used to do that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: Coming to that, what about you all? We have been preparing for Easter, and and Easter really isn't a choir project; it's a church project. We try to get as many cards out and invite as many people. God's been moving. <laughs> if He don't move, I don't sing. And. It's Wednesday night, isn't that a great looking choir this morning? Look at that. We don't even have enough seats. That's cool. But we began to rehearse our Easter stuff, and I'm telling you, Pastor, you'd have loved to have been there because the power of God dropped. And rehearsal went to prayer line and just God moving in a mighty way. So we know he's going to anoint what we're doing. We need some help this evening. How many strong men do we have? Come on, get them hands up. Right there. Get your hand up. We need help. We're clearing the stage and getting ready to build the set. When you come in here next week, it'll be ready. And, uh, but we need men to help us tonight. It, do- it won't take long if we get enough guys. So please do that. Don't forget our Easter eggs. You can buy them, you can take sheets, and you can sell them. That helps our music department buy instruments and computers and all the things we need. It's, it's the one time a year we do something, and God always blesses us. So you can help us by being a blessing to us and help sell that. A lot of new things that are not going to happen in Easter. We've got some new couple of new songs that you've never heard and, and uh, a couple of scenes that have been changed out. You know, we, we can't really change the story too much because Jesus dies, goes in the grave, and comes out. But, but we try to, to portray that the best we can. This is one of the new songs. I always hate to do new music in the cantata. I want you to know it. I want you to experience it so that when we sing it, you're already prepped up. And you know just how to worship the Lord and how to praise Him. And I don't want you to be afraid to do that in this. That's what we do it for. If God touches you, praise him. This blood.
6: shed his blood Thank you all. Thank you
1: all.
3: What can wash away my Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing it.
4: praise. It don't matter if your dog got run over and your mama has grounded you for a year. You got something to praise the Lord about this morning. Come on, give the Lord
0: praise.
3: Oh,
4: ought to feel what I feel up here.
3: It was the blood of Jesus Christ.
6: Woo!
4: I thank God. I thank the Lord for the military say amen and many men and women have given their life's blood for our country for our freedom here on earth many folks in history and throughout generations have given their life for a cause and i applaud them but no one no other blood was ever spilled or sacrificed that could cleanse and wash my soul and give me eternal
3: life and glory. I have been set free from my past, from my sins, and I am a child of the living God this morning. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen.
4: Amen. I came out this morning and my garage door wouldn't open. I couldn't get out that door for nothing. I pushed every button I had. Wouldn't work. I got out the door and got halfway down the street and realized I left my suit coat at the house. I had to turn around. I've had a harder day than you. But I'm telling you, I feel praise in my heart. I feel praise in my heart this morning, I understand what Moses, what he, what he said and what he meant when he looked up to God, God had told him, you are the deliverer, you are going to set God's people free, you're going to be a part of the plan. The exodus of God's people out of bondage. But you know what, Moses, who was smart enough to understand this, and a lot of folks today are not smart enough to understand this. Moses looked up to God and he said, I got my purpose. I understand the plan. I heal, I I feel the program. He said, but Lord, if your presence does not go with me, do not call me up from this place. He knew there is nothing grander and more important in this life than, than you and I having a relationship with the one who gives the plan and us having the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord was key. But the war and the presence of the Lord was key in the scripture in leading the children of Israel. They didn't move without the presence. They'd put a tabernacle up in the wilderness, set it up in a tent, and they'd stay there. And they wouldn't move until the cloud would rise. And then the cloud would move. And they moved wherever the Spirit of the Lord moved. They followed after. I'm one of those. I'm following after the presence of the Lord. I'm not asking God to get in on what we're doing at Stratford Heights. That's not what it's about. My programming and my good ministry and my good church, it don't mount to a hill of beans if I don't have the presence of the Father God, the precious Holy Ghost, and the Son leading the way. When we've got that, I pray, my prayer is, Lord, you show us, lead us, guide me into what you are trying to do. That's where the anointing is. Amen? The presence of the Lord. Don't ever forget that. You can chase after preachers. You can chase after churches. You can, you can chase after ministries. The thing we ought to be chasing, and we ought to get it straight in our mind, is we're chasing after the very presence of the Lord. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press towards the prize of the high calling in front of me. And that prize is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, most of you are standing. If you're not, would you just join me, please? Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. We're going to get right into the Word of God. I am dealing, I told some of the staff members this morning, I am dealing with a, a, a voice issue. And uh, I sound, I told them today, it's going to be R.W. Shambok on steroids. So I'm going to sound like an old time preacher. I'm going to sound, like, and I'm going to take advantage of it too. So every now and again, I'm just going to go, Ha! Because you don't get this kind of voice very often. And so when I get it, Jeff, I've got to take advantage of that. Ha! I'm just kidding. Oh, Lord help the preacher. All right. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the written code with its regulations, the law that was against us and that stood opposed to us, He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, say the the enemy, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, by the cross at the cross at the cross where i first saw the light and the burdens of my soul has rolled away it was there by faith i received my sight and now i'm happy all the day amen at the cross at the cross not at the church house Not at the Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ or Church of God. At the cross. Father, we ask your blessings to be upon the word of God today. Pray that you challenge us and speak to us by your spirit. May we leave this house saying the word has transformed us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. it was about 6 p.m. on Friday night. It was party time. I mean, they were ready to go at it. It was going to be one of them Friday night parties that would last all the way through the weekend. It was absolutely spreading like fire. The news was everywhere. As people were hearing, they were absolutely enthralled, could not wait to get there. There, the party, there was all kinds of goings on, all kinds of party stuff information dancing and all kinds of hollering and people were hooping it up they were telling all kinds of off-color off-color jokes it was just friday night madness and it just seemed like the more word that spread the more people was just showing up they first started coming in groups of five to ten and the next thing you know there were so many of them they couldn't even count them the host of the party kind of found a spot and they could see they were celebrating they were on fire and they were absolutely ready to party and they got up there, and the host got up and just wanted to tell. He was celebrating about an awesome victory he had accomplished, the, the most important victory he'd ever had in his life. He was confident. He was arrogant, conceited, and he wanted to retell the story just every hour or so. Just tell him, folks, how he had won in the battle that he was in in the fight that he had been in. Hours, pants. Uh, They danced, they cheered, they laughed the night away. By Saturday morning, you would have thought the crowd would be thinning out, but it was just getting bigger and bigger, and they had no room for people. They were coming from all over the world. They literally were just, they were getting to this party. They had heard about what was going on in this place, and they were showing up. By Saturday night, you thought this party was never going to end, and then suddenly it happened. The host of the party got word through One of the servants, one of the messengers came over and started whispering something in his ear. And there, right then, you saw the face of the host just change dramatically. Everyone around started noticing and word again started spreading. Something's up. What is going on? Next thing you know, this party has come to a, a close. I mean, everybody's just silent. Everybody's just standing around. And the host is trying to scramble around to find something to do. He sends some guys out to go find out if what he has heard is true. The next thing you know, they come in to confirm the word. And the host shuts the party down and sends everybody scattering. It was on Sunday morning when the party, the victory party, was over. It was a party that started on Good Friday. And it ended on Easter Sunday morning. Hell's party and their victory was now over. We read in the word and we talk a lot and we think a lot about what happened on on this side of the resurrection. We talk about what happened when Christ came out of the tomb and and we we love to tell the story. We sing the story. We do pageants and Easter dramas and we do all kinds of things to talk about that story. I'm going to tell you at the same time, there was another whole scenario going on in the underworld. There was another party Friday night when the people were weeping at the cross and they were heading back to their houses and they were hiding. There was a whole bunch of folks partying in the caverns of hell. They were there. The enemy had. is it dumb enough. He's stupid enough. I used that word. I shouldn't have used it. He's ignorant enough to think that he can literally beat God his own game. He literally is working hard and and cannot get the facts straightened out in his own mind that he's going to lose, that he is defeated already. Here he's gotten word that the plan has now changed and suddenly where he thought he was the victor, he is now facing defeat. Go back to that verse 15 that I read to you in the beginning, our scripture text. It says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made us public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Wait, 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 wait. wait, The cross. The cross was what we used to kill him. I'm sure, there was some highfalutin demon who stood up and said, the cross was my idea. But God's word declared it. Stated it. As a matter of fact, the cross was designed and implemented long before. Long before the Bible was ever even written. Before the very worlds were framed. God already had a plan in place. You think God don't know where you are? God don't love you? God don't know what's happening? God's not aware of what passes through your life. As a filter. He knows it all. No poster out. I wish I could take credit for it. It says, if it comes to you. Then God's gonna get you through it. If He's allowed it to come to you, then God's gonna get you through it. And there is a grander and greater scheme or design that's all in place when God is working in your life. We have to understand. We have to understand something else too the cross. The cross was imp- on purpose, the cross was designed, the cross was part of the plan that God had. It wasn't that the cross in and of itself was so particularly important because many people died on the cross. Many folks in the Old Testament knew were, were crucified in a, on a cross. Most criminals were crucified on a cross. So it wasn't necessarily the cross, although to us it seems extremely important and vital because we don't do that today. But it would be the equivalent of the electric chair. But what you find is that there was a significance in the death of Christ. So valuable and so important that it would rock the entire world. Change the course of the universe. And you happen to be sitting in one of its headquarters this morning. Triumphing over them by the cross. You know the... In order to understand the triumph of the cross, you really got to understand the cross, the purpose, the meaning behind it all. A cross is traditionally, and for us, it it kind of is illustrated best by by crosses you see different places around. I'll be traveling down the road and suddenly there'll be a cross off to the side of the road where there has been an accident or someone has perished in, in, in some kind of automobile accident or something. We'll see those things, and there'll be usually a name written on the cross. And and when I pass by them, I don't know how you are, but I always like to pay attention to who the name is. I want to know that that was a person, you see. That was someone. And their life mattered. And so I, I understand that that cross represents, and when I see it from however far or distant I am, I'll see that cross and I'll know that represents. It's a memorial to someone who lived and died. So amazing that the cross itself, all down through generations, has continued to be that same symbol. That we use it in the Christian faith as a symbol of our faith. We wear them around our neck. We tattoo them. People do. They they got to wear them on shirts. They they put them everywhere. Crosses are everywhere. Earrings, cross. Crosses are important, and they say something to us. I drive down some roads, and there, especially a couple of places. That I really pay a special attention because it's touched my own life. I, I know in 1995 it was sitting in this very building on a Sunday night in a blistery cold and icy night that we I said goodbye to a pastor, evangelism pastor of the church. Him and his wife and two children got in the car and there as they traveled out that side door over there, David came back in and said, "Hey man, I want to borrow that serendipity Bible of yours. I'd like to look at it." And I said, "No problem, man." I gave a wind office and gave him the Bible, and he turned around and handed me a check for Alicia for Winterfest. And I went back and put that on my desk, and I laid it right there, and, and I locked up the building and left as a youth pastor of the church at that time. It wasn't too many hours later that I got the phone call that they had been in an accident off of Oxford State Road out in Carlisle, and they had turned the car over in the river, the Miami River, and they had perished, all four of them. I was the last human being to see them alive. Sometimes when you wonder why we're so careful to make sure that the roads and the parking lots and, and things are, are good, you've got to remember some of us have been through a very tragic situation. And sometimes it's better for you to stay at home and pray around the family altar than it is for you to get out on ice and prove your dedication. But... Never forget that. For several years, there were four crosses in Carlisle that were just lined up along that road next to the river. Sometimes I would just drive over there just to see them. They represented people that I loved, people that I worked with, that lived and died. Another instance in Franklin, when you get off the Franklin Lebanon exit, there's a little tiny cross over to the side. You'd never see it. And In the middle of it, it says Nick. See, Nick was that teenager that. When the Lord told me i had to go get milk one night, long story. I get off the highway just in time for the car to come crashing down in front of me and Nick to be thrown from the vehicle. And I jump out of my car. I run over to this young man. I get down beside him and I'll never forget that night ever in my life. As he was then care away, but I got to speak to him and I said, Nick, and he was trying to talk to me. And in that moment, I said, I'm a youth pastor and I'm going to pray with you. I said, you're hurt really bad and you need to pray with me. And I felt the Lord speak to me that this was his last opportunity. And I want you to know that boy struggled, but he tried his best to pray with me a prayer. He was aware. And it wasn't very long after he was care to Miami Valley that he passed away. It was his mother that called me from the cemetery a couple of days later who said, are you Ray Phillips? I said, yes. She said, you prayed with my son, Nick. And I was like, yes, ma'am. She said, I'm leaving the cemetery right now. And I want you to know that I moved away from Middletown six months ago and Setting up a new home for me and my son. And he was finishing out his school year. And he was going to come to be with me. And she said, I raised him in church. He was always in church. But these last couple of months, he's not been going. She goes, but I've prayed every day that if he ever gets himself in trouble, that God will send somebody to him. She said, you're the answer to my prayer. I just want to thank you. Boy, I never looked at my life the same again. That cross represents a life that lived and is now dead. There's a purpose and a meaning behind each one of those incidences. God has got everything in the palm of his hand, and He has had your salvation, your experience, your everyday living, your life, right here, right now, at this time, in your life, it is ordered. God has it. He doesn't cheat you. I, I told someone yesterday, God doesn't play tricks. Aren't you glad this morning? He's on the up and up. God don't play tricks on you. God's for real. God's got a plan. He's working it out in your life. So if it comes to you, man, then God's called it to be. He's going to use it for his glory and your good. God always knows what to do. He knew all the way back But God planted his own cross when Jesus died and he looked up to heaven and he said, it is finished. I believe in that moment, God could not wait to get him across and go plan it right in his words. You see, I go through the Bible and just like we go down the road and we see those, those little makeshift memorials where we see where people have been, where they've lived and died, I see That sometimes now, ever since the New Testament and ever since Jesus came to the Garden of Gethsemane and won the battle in prayer that night and then went to the cross, died, and then rose again, I find that God has planted crosses all throughout the Bible. That they have been there all along. One of them is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Yes, I'm talking about the very first book of the Bible. In Genesis, God decided, you think John the Baptist, or you think some of these folks, you think Elijah was a big old preacher. You think Elisha was a grand preacher. You think Moses had a good thing going when he could get it get anointed. God was the very first, very first to preach a gospel message. And look how beautifully he did it. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, And I... He." Adam and Eve had just eaten of the forbidden fruit. They have been in disobedience. I mean, the the man, man has fallen, and now everything's going to be out of whack. And now the need for salvation has come to humans. And here they are in the garden, hiding from the Lord. And the Lord preaches the first message. And he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and hers. He will crush your head. Oh, some folks filled with the spirit of God need to say amen right there. God God made it very clear. He was powerful in his message that day. He said, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. God laid out right there in the word of God, the entire plan of salvation. It's all there. Jesus is there. He's the ultimate seed. He is that given to the woman. There, in an immaculate conception, there you see, he is absolutely going to be struck in the heel. We all know he went to Calvary's cross. God said it. God already laid it out there. But look, what we often forget is that he said, yeah, you're gonna strike his heel, but I'm gonna put an enmity between you and the woman and your seed and hers and you are going down because that little guy, he's gonna be raised up and gonna crush your head. God made it clear. Right from the very beginning, just as a small seed carried by the wind contains inside of it a massive, mighty oak tree. So did those words tucked away in the Old Testament give us an idea that we need to be okay with whatever's happening in our lives, whatever we're facing, whatever trials and troubles and temptations we face, God has already provided and made a way for us to get through it all right. Unscathed, we're gonna make it through to the other side because victory is not coming. We're walking in it right now. We're walking in it. We already got the victory. We just gotta recognize it and realize it. The enemy walks around like, everybody say the word like. God didn't say the enemy walks around and he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. No, God was telling us, oh, man, come on, get it. Y'all. You see, the devil, God said, is like a roaring lion. Roaring lions can be scary. I see them sometimes. I saw one at the Cincinnati Zoo many years ago, and he roared. But behind that glass, I was like, "Eh." he didn't hurt me, touch me, he couldn't get to me. But I did double check. (laughs) But his roar is only meant to scare me when I'm protected. How many of you know God has placed a hedge of protection around his people? He can't get to you, not unless God has permitted it. There is no way you're gonna go through stuff that God doesn't already know about. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He's already given a plan for your life and you are in it. When you trust in God, we just got to sift through our feelings. We got to sift through the plan. We got to work it out and understand that God, the one thing we guys, when we, I told someone this the other day, when I left the hospital room, I said, man, we don't always know exactly what God's doing. We can't maybe figure out and trace his hand, but we can sure trust Charles Spurgeon. Thank you for this beautiful saying. We can trust his heart. When we don't understand what he's doing, we just have to remember what Isaiah said in chapter 50. He said, when I have obeyed, and I have followed, and I've been obedient, but there is no light, and I don't know my next step to take. He said, I know what I'll do. I will stay upon my God, and I will trust in his name. We have to understand who God is. We say, all right. It's all right. I'll be all right. I'll get through it. When we understand this, there'll be a whole lot less stress, trouble, and anxiety in the child of God's life. We walk around here sometimes, and sometimes I'll tell you people don't want what you got. You've heard me say that before, but I'll say it again because you need to hear it. When you whine and gripe and complain and you live your life in the, in the mully grubs and you just nothing but sad, sad story. And oh, the devil is this the devil is that and he's just got me in the back and he's had me down. and I'm, People are going to look at you and say, I don't want your religion. I don't want nothing to do with your God. You come up on somebody at Walmart and they're standing there next to Oh, hi. It's sister so-and-so and sister so-and-so. And they're all standing there. Did you hear about Mike? Hay? Did you hear what happened to him? Oh, Lord, it's terrible. But you need to pray about it. I'm only telling you so you'll pray. Well, tell me all, oh, girl, I want to pray in the Holy Ghost. What is it? Dear Lord, somebody walking up on you and listening to that. I walked up on somebody one time. I was standing right behind him, and they didn't know. I was standing there, and they was just going to town on me. I just stood there. When they were done, they looked back and they was like, kidding. (laughs) They were like, oh, you know, I was just joking. I was just kidding around. Yeah, right. Some people look at our religion and they don't want it. That's why we harp so much and preach so much about authenticity and being real and getting through and really, I mean, I want God to know we got to strip ourselves completely open and bare before him in our hearts and we got to let God transform us and change us and make us into what he purchased and what he bought at Calvary's cross because he didn't do a halfway job, man, he went all the way, he went all the way to the cross, he came down from heaven, left it and bankrupt the throne and literally came down in this life and lived and died. And there he literally enhanced the power of Almighty God and he rose again. Now, All other gods, every one of them out there, not one of them has ever testified that they came back from the dead. But I got a Jesus who is here today in the house, and he is alive and well and on the throne, and he is my Savior and my Lord. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you know what? I have found that to be true. And my challenge to you is to get past the programs, get past all the pretty stuff, get past all of the churchy stuff and get down there where you can know that he is God and he created you and gave you the breath in your body and you can trust in him. And you will be like Paul who said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I, I, I'm amazed at the people who live their life in this shame. You go to a restaurant, they're like, what, "What, what, Guys, let's pray over our food, okay? I'm just like, Lord, I just pray right now. I'm really known for my family doing the Irish blessing right there in the restaurant. Usually about three other tables are laughing because I'm like, Lord, we just ask you to bless the food today. (laughs) By the time I'm done, I'm blessing the pots of gold at the end of the rainbow. (laughs) It's awesome. I'm not ashamed. I love him. Man, he, he put the stars out there for me to look at. He painted me a brand new sky this morning. The canvas was beautiful. And I never have seen the same canvas twice. I'm amazed at the masterpiece of God. And I also am so thrilled to see how he puts it all together in his word. I can literally go sneaking back into the Old Testament. And I can look at chapter 3 in the Bible. And I can see where God was giving me a hint. I'm going to put war between you and the woman's seed. And he going to crush your head. You see that kind of thing and you're like, God is cool. God is cool. But the enemy wants to, no, 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 no. Shame, shame. Stay quiet. Don't talk about all that. Don't talk about that resurrection stuff. Don't talk about the blood. Don't sing a song about the blood. That's that's gory. They're sending me notes all the time. I'm getting all these pastor resources and they're like you know, take out those songs that make people think of murder that make people think of blood, make people think of violence. Come on, church should be cool. It should be fun. It should be all warm and fuzzy. Everybody should just feel good when they come in and when they go out. Why don't you talk about my taxes this Sunday? That would be great. Help me just feel better about my life. And while there is there's great, wonderful resource for how we live our life, which I believe in. Still want to remember the meaning and the purpose and the design behind the cross. The cross. The power of the cross. That sent the enemy running. That gave authority to those who will accept Christ's sacrifice For them to be able to be transformed in their mind. And for them to be able to stand against the enemy himself. And literally, the Bible says, to resist the devil and he will flee from you. To literally live out this strength that comes through knowing God and his power. To literally be able to pronounce that you're a child of God and that the demons themselves will fear and tremble at the weakest of us when we get on our knees. When one of us just decides that, whenever you decide, you're no longer going to live a half-hearted Christian experience. You're no longer just going to live saying a little prayer over your food in the morning. But you're going to get into the Word of God and you're going to start searching out a relationship with God. And you're going to know who made the stars and who made the planets and who... Put it all together. When you make a decision, you're going to do that. Let me tell you something. The underworld begins to take their masks off. And they run. And they are resisting you because you now become a powerful agent in the hand of God against them. That's the child of God. But we live in this mediocrity. We live like we look like a Christian. We dress like them. We dance like them, we worship like them, we sing like them, but when we walk out, there is no power behind the work in our lives. Wouldn't give you two cents for a church where there's no power. I don't have time for that. I can go be entertained at the rave. I'm looking for something that will lead me and guide me and give me strength and give me resource and will help me in my time of trouble. I'm looking for a powerful name that I can stand behind, that I can literally, I can know that my experience is real. You see, the reason I know my God raised from the dead is because he woke me up this morning. He woke me up this morning. I go throughout the day and he's right there. I'm, I love the way he leads me and guides me and speaks into my heart. And I sense and feel his leading and his presence. Oh, you've got to go deeper and deeper than you've ever been. You've got to start getting hungry and thirsty for the reality of God's presence. Because he is not, like Bette Midler says, and I've used this for years... But He's not distant and far away, sitting on a throne somewhere in a a castle waiting for you to die. God is very present in this hour. He wants you to know He's a God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's got you in the palm of His hand and He wants to lead your life. And I get excited about that. He trusts us. We are a world headquarters for God. So, and so are many others. Churches, I'm not just calling us the one and only. But I'm telling you, we're one of them. And when we pray, we see things happen. The power of God moves here. And I do love my church. I love my church. I came into this church as a teenager. When I walked in the back door at the old Harlem Park building, I was desperate. Y'all don't know my story, but I was desperate. I needed something. I found a church. I, I, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know what you believed. I knew you were Church of God, but I, I didn't know who you were or whether I'd fit in. All I know is that I got directions on how to get to the church and I got down there and I walked in the back door and I sat there and I felt the presence of God. It overwhelmed me. It was like ocean waves that was coming over my spirit and for the first time in six months, I had felt peace and I felt like rest. I felt like I was gonna be able to sleep that night and my life turned around. I found myself kneeling in the, in the pew in my seat all the way at the back of the building and from that moment forward, I was a transformed and changed individual. God turned me upside down down. This church fed me, led me, taught me how to pray, taught me how to preach, taught me how to teach. It gave me friends and fellowship. And it gave me the plan that God had over my life. And I am so thrilled that 33 years later, I'm standing behind the very desk that I was looking at as an 18 year old. I am amazed at God's plan. I'm amazed at the way he designs and puts things together. And he throws little things at you. I remember at 19 years old, looking up on the platform, seeing Stan Holder, who will be with us next Sunday, by the way, the overseer of Alaska, in infomercial right there, okay. I looked up at Stan, I looked at Ron Medley, the associate, sitting there in the middle chair, and I looked at Lane Sargent as he was preaching, and I said, as 19-year-old, my goodness, they have the most perfect job in the whole world i love their job i would give anything to do their job that would be a dream come true it wasn't until about 18 years later when i was sitting in a meeting one time and i was sitting there all out of nowhere just thanking god and thinking back over my life when the lord spoke to me and said you remember when you were a teenager Remember when I showed you, when, when you said what you said about them on the stage? I said, yeah, that, he said, that was me. I was dropping that down in your heart as a 19-year-old. You were going to have the youth pastor's job, the associate's job, and the pastor's job. I literally gave you a hint all of them years later. God is so involved in your life. Mm. Oh, my, I want that to sink in. So involved in your life sometimes we fear the reaper we doubt because of the discourager we live this half-hearted existence never really knowing whether God is real or not but God is awesome he's so real I want to sing that old song. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Got to get to heaven somehow. God knows where you are. He knows what's happening in your life. He showed me something so beautiful. I'm going to close on this if you'll help me. Many of you have been praying with my family about my sister Carolyn. Her and Rick pastor a church locally here. I love my little sister. All of them. Five of them. But I do, I love them. Angie, I love you. Missy, I love you. Melissa, I love you. We're all very close. I mean, we're so close. It ain't even funny. I mean, we just, we're close. I talk to them every day. They send me pictures every day. They check on me. When I'm sick, I don't have one wife. I have five. I'm like Abraham. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But Carolyn, we got the call that Carolyn was squatted to Arrow Springs Emergency Center. We all freaked out, and all of us. In our usual fashion, no matter what we were doing, we're in the car on the way there. And I get there and go in, and we're in this room, this one room that has one curtain down the middle. And we're on the left side, and the other side was empty. Check in with Carolyn, they were doing all kinds of tests. They run an EKG, they did all, they were, it was her heart. Turned out that she was having some kind of an esophageal spasm or seizure. And it mimicked what you would consider a heart attack. So once they got through all the testing, they realized she had a viral infection, and now she's just recovering from that and doing well. Amen. But she, Amen. Thank you for praying. But it was Carolyn, actually, that rose up from the sick bed in between throwing up, <laughs> that she said, We're here on purpose. Because, you see, it wasn't, oh, maybe 45 minutes into our visit there where we were waiting for test results that suddenly we heard all this clamor on the other side of that curtain. And all this noise was going on, and suddenly our nurse, Brother Oval, came around the corner, and she said, I'm so sorry. And we're like, oh, no, you're fine, no problem. We don't, we're good. And she said, no, I, we have a code that's coming in. And we have nowhere else to put you. So you're going to have to stay there. And we're sorry. Because it's going to be very traumatic for you, I'm sure. And so we looked at her and we said, well, we're ministers, so we'll pray. So we began to pray. And it wasn't too long before suddenly we heard all the doors slamming open. And I'm not a medical person, so I don't know all how it all works. But I know what I experienced that day. Out of nowhere, we see the bed. It's rolling in there, and all, next thing you know, they're hooking up all kinds of IVs and medicines, and they're saying 30 units of this and 20 units of that, 10 units of this, do compression, and they're doing the compression, and they're doing all this stuff, and they're counting down, and they're doing different things, and they're like, okay, two minutes, and two minutes, we're going to do an activity check, we're going to try to find rhythm, and they're doing this, and we're, we're, we're sitting there, and immediately, immediately, I dropped my head, and I just started to pray, my sisters and, and my brother-in-law, Rick, they, we were all praying right there, and we're praying, and we're praying, and I'm just keeping my mind on the Lord. I'm like, Lord, let him sense, let him feel a heartbeat. Lord, if it's not his time, if he's not a Christian, if he's not ready to go, God, give him another opportunity. Lord, let this take place, let this happen. And I'm just praying, and I'm praying. They're like, okay, two minutes, let's check. Everybody, hand, all hands on deck. Next thing you know, they're all standing there, and all the noise stops. And the doctor says, okay, any activity? Anybody got, anybody got Anything? And was silent. One guy goes, negative. Another girl goes, no, I don't have anything. No. I got nothing. He goes, okay, let's go back to this. Let's do this. And they did it over again. They did another two minutes. All the two minutes, they were given more medicine. And they were doing more compression. And they were doing all kinds of stuff. They did this four times. And on the last time, he said, okay, let's check activity. All hands on deck. Everybody ready? All right, now. Silence. Then you heard, I got nothing. Negative, nothing. And he looks at everyone apparently and he says, okay, have I missed anything? Can anybody think of anything I've missed? No, man, you've covered it all. Yeah, you got it. Hey, doctor, you got it. He said, okay, then we're going to call it. He said, time of death, 1738. And I, tears were dripping down my face. Someone, I heard someone say, his wife's out in the waiting room, and she's a mess. And so that pastor thing that you get, I looked at the doctor, and I said, I said I'm a pastor. I said, can I go out there? Can I just go be with the lady and pray with her? Can I, can I do?' And he said, yeah, man, go ahead. I'm going to be out in a few minutes, but you go ahead. I didn't know what to do. So I walked out. I looked around the room, and I saw somebody that was frantically upset. And I walked over to her, and I said, excuse me. I said, are, are you the family with the emergency back here right now? Yes, yes, that's me. I said, well, I'm a pastor. And I said, I'm here with my family. I said, I just wanted to know if, if it would be okay if I pray with you. She said, yeah, yeah, that would be okay. And her friend said, please, yes, pray. And I said, okay. I got down on my knee and I, I prayed with them right there in the waiting room. And I already knew what I knew. But I prayed a different kind of prayer. I said, God, I said, let them know your comfort, your strength. Be with them. Be real to them right now. Touch them, God, by your Holy Spirit. And let them sense and feel and know that you are here. Lord, you have all of this in the palm of your hand. I prayed it in Jesus' name, and I waited, and I walked around with my family, and next thing I know, the doctor calls me into the room, and then I heard the most inconsolable screaming. I'll never forget it. Angie, you were there. I'll never forget it. Inconsolable. Just tore your heart out. And I cried, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And after they'd been back to see their loved one, and they'd come back out, and they were waiting on the corners and people to get involved. She finally stepped out. I prayed that she would. And I walked over to her, and I said, excuse me. I said, I'm, I'm the pastor. She goes, I know who you are. And I said, I'm, I'm just so sorry. I said, if there is anything that I can do for you. She said, I could sure use a hug. So I just, and I hugged her as tight as I could. When I stepped away from her, she got a phone call and she had to go and I told her that I would be checking on her, got her name. I got away from that and I said, Lord, why, why? Why was I there? Why were we there? What was that all about? You know, at first I thought all kinds of things, you know, well, was it receptive? Was she receptive? Should I have prayed the sinner's prayer? I mean, what should I have done? You know, you always question yourself about everything. The Lord spoke to me. He said, did you notice how they cared? How they had that whole plan and procedure around saving that man's life? And I was like, yeah. Marty, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Dad, I don't have nothing on me. He said, if you only knew how much I care." said i want you to make sure people know that i'm always looking for activity i'm always looking for a pulse i'm always looking for something i love them with my life i've done everything i can for them you let them know i got all love and power and i'm working in their lives every second every minute of the day and i'm always checking for activity I felt the love of God so powerfully. And I want to tell you, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you don't have any idea what work has went into getting you here. You have no idea what work has been involved in bringing you into a place where God can speak to your life and speak. Oh, it's not an accident. It's not something that just happened. It's not a coincidence. God has got your every step ordered and He knows. He's got a two-minute warning going on right here, right now. He is saying right now to the angels of God and to the Holy Spirit, okay, anybody got anything? All hands on deck. They're at the church. The Holy Spirit, your job, your working the angels of god stand by we're ready let's feed them another song let's feed them a good word let's feed them something come on all hands on deck we ready is there any activity and the preacher gets you to this point where he says please stand if you would please stand with every head bowed and every eye closed Power of God. The power of God who loves you. He doesn't want to do life without you. He doesn't want you to do it without him. He wants you to have the plan that he has for your life. He wants it. He wants it to play out in your life in a beautiful and wonderful way. And he has ordered your steps to this very second, to this very hour. And the angels of God are at work. The Holy Spirit is at work. I don't have to beg you i don't have to work on you all i gotta do is trust the work that's already been done we're going to pray a prayer in just a few moments but i would remind you a prayer in and of itself it, it, that's not salvation it's just words if it doesn't come from your heart The Bible is so clear to point out, man, you've got to confess that Jesus Christ, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and he is your savior, the son of the living God, and he has purchased your salvation. If you're clear and you're saying, I die to myself, I give my life, Lord, to you, I choose to follow you. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. And follow me. There's a cross to be planted in your life. There's a cross that's going to represent the work of God in your life. Someone who lived and has died. But has been risen again. Because Christ has come into your heart. Transformed, renewed, living an eternal life. There's a difference. You have to know it for yourself. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I would ask this question this morning. Are you here? And you need to get right with God. You need things squared away with God. People are bowing their heads. It's not, it's not a public confession. I, I'm not, you know, some people make it that you have to do all this stuff. But I'm telling you, you can get saved at the grocery store. You can get saved at the, at the mall. You can get saved in your house. You can get saved anywhere where the Holy Spirit is working on you and knocking on your heart's door. And he's doing that right now. Activity check. Rhythm check. All hands on deck. If you're here today and you need Christ, you need things squared away, it's between you and Jesus. I want you to just slip up your hand right where you are and then right back down. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Anyone else?
0: At the cross. At the cross.
4: Anyone else? I need things right with Jesus this morning. I don't want to leave here without that relationship. I can do all kinds of things. God bless you, ma'am. I can do all kinds of things in my life. I can accomplish much. But if I have not made the decision for Christ, it is all vanity. It's vain. It's worthless. I need Jesus this morning. God bless you. Anyone else going to pray? Going to pray in just a moment. Several hands have went up. People are going to make a decision for Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Amen. Amen. A few seconds. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. Preacher, include me in that prayer. I want to be in it. I know it's not the prayer that will save me, but it is my heart aligned with the confession. Are you here? One more. All right right here, right now, we're going to make an altar at your seat. Right where you're standing, I want you to look up at me. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your whole life. More important than where in the world you, you live, where you work, where you go to school, who you marry. Most important decision you'll ever have made in your life is this one right here. What do you do with the Son of God? What do you do with Jesus? Who wants to be your Lord and your Savior. And I'm telling you, I've made that decision. How many have already made that decision in here today? The greatest decision I ever made. I'm a happy man. It's fixing to be your grandest and happiest day. Would you pray with me out loud all over this building? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. I give you all my sins, all my failures. I can't save myself. I need you. I believe you're the son of God. That you died on the cross for me. And that you rose again. You purchased my salvation. Be the lord of my life. Guide my steps. Show me your plan. Help me to live every day in your strength. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.
3: At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. Sing a choir. It was there by faith, I received my sight, and now I am
4: happy all the day. Father, I pray over our congregation today. I thank you for every family represented, the beautiful crowd that we had today. I just pray that you will bless and touch us together as we leave this building. For Lord, this is not the church, we are the church. So God, wherever we go, may we show kindness and goodness. May we be nice, God, to everyone we come in contact with. May we represent Jesus Christ who has transformed us, changed us, and made us brand new creatures in you. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, bringing us back at the appointed hour as we never fail to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for the hearts that have been touched, the souls that have been saved, and the light that has come into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.
0: At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my soul
1: roll away, it was there by faith I received my sight.